0: So this morning, we're going to be talking about grace. We'll be discussing how blessed it is to give grace to others. And similar to a couple weeks ago when I spoke about time, one thing that's very true is that you can't give what you don't have, right? So today we want to talk about how do we accept, how do we receive the grace that God has for us and then in turn respond to that and give that to others. So to start off, I have a video that, that gets into the, the big question. The first question we ask is, is what is grace?
1: It's the way of life. You can't live without grace.
0: Grace is a state of well-being and ease.
1: That's easy. God's riches at Christ's expense. Like grace, like saying, like Thanksgiving grace. Yeah, I, I know that. It's like when you give something, you appreciate something. Um, I really don't know what grace means. I've heard it around before, but I don't know. Could you tell me, please? Undeserved forgiveness. Defying grace. I kind never of heard word to put into words. Humble yourself and be grateful for everything that's given to you in this life.
0: Uh, Grace is a girl's name. I I knew a couple girl named Grace. They're pretty cute.
1: Grace is God's compassion. If you're talking religion, you know, I mean religion is Grace. Grace is Sometimes. benevolence that's, that's not particularly deserved or asked for, maybe?
0: Mercy. Mercy. Maybe something like that.
1: Somebody who's graceful is somebody that's kind of... Poised? Yeah, confident, like a certain...
0: You know, to be honest, uh, grace, never thought about it. Uh, God gives grace.
1: Um, you know, it's His grace that I have salvation. Um, grace? I don't really know. <laughs> Do you know? Mm-mm. I don't know.
0: so that's a video that uh pastor chuck swindoll he uh you know he put together and i thought it was so appropriate because you really get mixed responses right what is grace is it a person is it You know, something that is just a gift that's received that, you know, what is grace? If you use Google, like I often do, and you Google define grace, the first thing that comes up is number one, simple elegance or refinement of movement, like being graceful, right? Maybe a a ballerina or something like that. Number two says, in Christian belief, the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. Number three, a period officially allowed for payment of a sum due or for compliance with a law or condition, especially an extended period granted as a special favor, like a grace period, right? Number four is a short prayer of thanks said before or after a meal. Well, one of the Bible dictionaries that I have defines grace as the unmerited favor of God made made known through Jesus Christ and expressed supremely in the redemption and full forgiveness of sinners through faith in Jesus Christ. Sometimes you hear people talking about saving grace, which just means the grace of God that saves. This grace saves us from our sin, and that's what we see in the coming of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us. Now I'm going to go through a a, a lot of scripture this morning. So if you're, if you're fast, then thumbs up to you you get through your, your, your Bible or maybe your, your phone. Uh, If not, it'll be on the screens. I'm trying to figure this out, but first Peter five, 10 through 11 says, and after you have suffered a little while, The God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. How good is it that we can know that God, our God, is the God of all grace and that he has called us to eternal glory in Christ. He himself, not one of his angels, not some other servant, but he himself will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Titus 2, 11 through 15. Here we get a, a layout of, of what we're going to be talking about this morning. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Declare these things. Exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. From Titus 2, we learn three very important things. Number one, the grace of God has appeared and brings salvation. It's available for all people. Number two, the grace of God trains us how to live. And number three, the grace of God gives us hope. Now, number one, the grace of God has appeared and brings salvation. I think this is pretty, uh, pretty clear if you've been around church for any time. But if not, some of the, the classic verses that we automatically go to are things like John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Romans 3 tells us, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is Christ Jesus. A couple pages more in Romans. You come to Romans 5, and and there Paul says, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Some versions say that while we were still enemies, or we, you know, it's this idea that we were against the Lord. And even in that moment, that's when he died for us. On and on and on, the Bible is full of examples of his grace. If you look in the Old Testament, it's throughout the whole story of God's interaction with Himself and His people as continually they turn away from Him, go against His word, and yet He cares for them, yet He provides for them, and He elevates them to a place of His favor for His glory. The grace of God trains us how to live. Now, let me give a, a couple examples. We'll kind of do a, a, a good response, a bad response, that type of thing. The first example that we get comes from Jesus himself. And this is right after his disciples. They're arguing with each other like, hey, who's, who's, who's going to be the best? Who's going to be the highest position? Right? In Matthew 18, Jesus gives us a great example where he says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, in other words, he began to collect the debts that were owed to him, right? When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant! I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also, my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Now we're to live lives that are full of grace, ready to forgive others and ready to give. Because Christ has shown us that grace goes beyond even our own understanding. The grace that we've been given is more than we can ever fathom. Remember that while we were still sinners, while we were opposed, enemies of God, he died for us. If we consider first the grace that we receive, then we will take on a better posture to give grace ourselves. So what stops grace? What hinders it? What halts us from giving grace? Well, very simply, I think that grace is only seen or recognized as grace when we believe that is something we did not deserve, right? If we think we deserve it, it's no longer grace. It becomes a reward, maybe a prize. We may even consider it's like the wages for something that we've done, James 1, 16 through 17. James, he says very clearly, you know, and I've read this passage, our, our life group studied this, took us a year to get through these handful of chapters, but, you know, I remember reading this, and, and right now, you know, this past weekend, as I was looking over again, it just really hit me. It says, "'Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers.'" Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Now, I'd often read that and just thought, focused on the part of every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord, right? That, that idea, like, oh, that's cool. You know, just like, yeah, all these good things come from God. But James, he starts that out by saying, do not be deceived. In other words, he's saying, Stop, you guys, you're you're believing these lies. I know many of you are being tempted to think that these things in your life, they're things that you earned. You worked hard enough. You were a good enough person. You did whatever to deserve these things. No, you didn't. They're all signs of God's favor upon your life. Every good and perfect gift is from the Lord. And he shows us his favor in the gifts, abilities he's given us, the opportunities and the resources he's provided. And so every good gift comes from the Lord. The man in the parable, he didn't take this to heart. He didn't understand that grace had been given to him. And because he didn't understand that this was grace, his attitude was not humble. He was not full of mercy. And instead, he was focused on himself. And selfishly, he thought how he could gain more. Right? This is something you probably see a lot of, right? Amazon boxes. Um, well, I once... Uh, you know, I, I, love, I love this illustration because it's applicable for anything that you're trying to hold on to. And you could hear, there's something in here, right? What happens is, is that this is, this is an example of a trap, okay? Now, there's something in there. I know, because I put it in there. The opening is only big enough that I can get my, my hand through like this much, right? What happens is that as long as I'm holding on to this thing inside here, there's no way that I can ever get my hand out. Right? Some people have used this and and said it was an animal trap. I'm not sure if if that's entirely true. But the idea is that if you had something here like a steel box and you had something that could get its arm through unless it's willing to let go, it'll never be free. And that's the same way it is for us with forgiveness. That as long as we're holding on to that thing that has offended us, or that idea that we are owed something, as long as we're holding on to that, we'll never be free. Even if this box like this one here is not, you know, bolted down, you know i could walk all around you're carrying that baggage everywhere you go right that becomes a lot of our christian lives is learning to let go of things to give them up to the lord the things that we think are better or the things that we think we're owed the things that we think we deserve or we want To let go of those things. Because in turn, the Lord has freedom for us. Our understanding of grace will put us in a position to give grace or to hoard what we've received. And ultimately, just like the man in the parable, if we do not live lives full of grace, we will be imprisoned. I have one more video for you, Uh, so if you can, um, if you can roll that and then we'll talk about this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to do, dude, like, I don't get my money till next week. And I'm, like, over here, like, stressing the heck out. Like, I don't know what to do anymore, dude. Like, completely lost. I have no money on me right now. She's really sick, and she really needs the medicine. That's the thing. It's, like, seriously sucks living paycheck to paycheck when you don't have enough money for your daughter's medicine, and you can't really do anything, you know what I mean? It's like I'm so lost right now, dude. Just let me know if you can, you know, help out with any money, dude, because I really need to get my daughter medicine, dude. But, But yeah, I'll hit you up later, man. All right. All right, peace, man. Peace. (sighs) Oh, my God. What do I do? You all right, babe. Huh? Okay. Yeah, I just need a. I need to get my daughter medicine, and it's like, I don't know what to do, man. Like, I don't have the money. Talk you. Huh? talk. You. Yeah, I know. It sucks so badly. You know, it's like she's she depends on me. You know, to get the medicine too, and it's like I don't know what to do. You know, You're I can't right. get her medicine. You know, so bad. You get beer, huh? Do you a minute. Do you a minute. Yeah, I'm I'm over here the whole time. Well, let's put a backpack for me
0: and,
1: uh, yeah, I got you. Uh, I'll be right there. Okay, okay. Hey, sir, what's up? I feel it. Huh? I feel it. I'm feeling good, man. I'm still trying to figure it out, you know. And I have your backpack. I'm still trying to figure it out and everything, you know what I mean? I managed to drop a little better, so. Oh, huh. what uh-huh. happened to your bags? Uh, I just took it back to where I got it. Target over there. Uh-huh. I have a few things that. Oh, did you get something from Target? Yeah. What and happened? I, I some, uh, some, uh, Blankets and pillows. Blankets and pillows? Yeah. Okay. I so can get by without them now, but you uh, seem to be a little more trouble than I was, so there. So you return. You, know, I want you to take care of your daughter. You return, know? you return yeah. you your pillows, your sleeping bags. Just give me my daughter, my medicine. Yeah. Why would you do that yeah. though? You didn't have to do that. I pretty you know? I can remember plenty times. You know? Don't you need, don't you need that stuff though? i would get by without it. I'll be okay. Yeah. You know that. But don't you need this money? You can, get something to eat. I'll get, you, uh, I'll get you something to eat. will come up. Yeah. And how long has it been since you eight though? Yesterday, yeah. You haven't eaten since yesterday, and just trying to give me money. Yeah, that really means a lot to me. Like something, like you would do that. You know what I mean? Like, you, you seem like you really need the money too. You know. Yeah, where, you where do you sleep at yeah. night? Uh, here, there, anywhere, right through the feet. So like, yeah. that's that's incredibly inspiring. Yeah. Like, what, I, like yeah. how you would do that? Here's another five hundred dollars, man. You're kidding me. No man. Give me a hug, man. Oh my god. Give me a hug, Hey, thanks for a man. <laughs> that that you know like what you did, that really no no don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, please don't cry, please don't cry. What you did, that was that was that was really inspiring, man. No 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 don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Don't cry. Please please don't cry. Please don't yeah. cry. Okay. Just give me a smile, that's it. I just want you to smile, man, like
0: now we know that all um kind of reality TV clips, they're they're not actual reality. But when I saw this clip, I was immediately drawn to it in the sense that I identified and saw, you know what, this to me looks like a response to God's grace. The man in the video, he woke up realizing that, that he'd received something he knew he didn't do anything to earn that or to deserve that, that he had been given some money. Yeah, he needed it, right? He could use it. But when another person came across, you know, his path, inside him, he just had this yearning that, hey, I can give to others now I have something, right? Remember, you can't give away what you don't have. He received that. He said, I have something, and I can give it. And so in the video, he he returned the things that he had bought, necessities, and, and he returned them in order to give them t- to the young man for his needs. And I like to think that that's kind of, kind of, similar to us and God. That depending on where our heart is, when we receive that gift of grace, we either just take it, we hear others, oh, I'm having a hard time, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. You know, we go along our way or we stop and we think, what do I have? What have I been given? What do I have that I can give to others? This type of love is what changes people, selfless sacrifice, understanding that God has given us so much grace. And because of that, whatever we give to others is not even close to the same measure. So whatever we give to others, we should give freely, whatever we can give, because we've received so much. Finally, the grace of God gives us hope. Because he did not withhold even his only son, we know that God is faithful and true to his word. We serve him and we wait diligently, experiencing from now what heaven is, what eternity will be like You know, in, in the presence of the Lord. This week for your weekly challenge, you know, I challenge you to, to one, to, to take time to think about how God has shown you grace. It could take a while, but just think about your life and think about acts of grace in your life that you would attribute to God. The easiest one is just think of, okay, salvation, right? That's the biggest and the, the, the easiest one, but how has God shown you grace? Number two, think about how have other people Shown you grace. Maybe it's something in this past week or something over your lifetime that you realize that, man, they didn't have to do that. And then number three, how have you shown or withheld grace to others? How have you shown or withheld grace to others? And I believe that, you know, I know from my own experience that, it, that when you start to take this inventory, then you begin to realize, you know, how blessed you are and how much you actually have. And out of that place of having, only then are we able to give, right? If we have nothing, if we're in a place of poverty, then we are not thinking, okay, I can give something. John Newton um, John Newton was was asked a question later on in his life, and and he replied saying, When I was young, I was sure of many things. There are only two things which I am sure of now. One is that I am a miserable sinner, and the other is that Jesus Christ is an all-sufficient Savior. That John Newton is the same man who wrote Amazing Grace,